Welcome to episode 80 of Morning Kickoff, a weekly Vikings football podcast where we cover all news football. I'm your host, Matt Witt, and today we are live on youtube.com slash Matt Witt as well as twitch.tv slash the Matt Witt. You can come check us out every Monday and Thursday morning or listen to other pre-recorded podcasts wherever you get your podcast. Today we have a fun episode we are going to be talking about. Uh, the Detroit Lions, they have made some big moves, and the NFL season isn't even over yet, and they've made some big moves. Well, I guess the NFL season isn't over, but since the Super Bowl hasn't have it hasn't happened, it's not officially over, if you understand what I'm saying here. And also we're going to be talking about the Minnesota Vikings and everything we learned from the Vikings 2020 season. I hope you all do enjoy. Do you enjoy listening to this podcast? If you don't, that's totally fine. But if you do and would like to help out, there will be a link in the description that will bring you to my merch store. At this store, we sell t-shirts, sweatshirts, and mugs, and all of the profit earned will go towards the production of this podcast. Thank you all, and enjoy the show. Should the Minnesota Vikings and their fan base and all the organization, should we be worried about the Detroit Lions? Because the NFL season isn't even over yet, and the Detroit Lions have already made some massive moves. Now, the Lions have been the most unsuccessful franchise in all of sports history, or well, all of the NFL history. So I guess you can't say you should really be worried because, of course, they are the Detroit Lions and they're cursed. You can see back here, there's this we're tracking years since the Lions have won a playoff game. I mean, it's been 29 years. The Minnesota, uh, I mean, the D Detroit Lions are no worry right now. But once again, the NFL season isn't officially over since the Super Bowl has not happened. And they've made some massive moves. Of course, hiring Dan Kemp, uh, Campbell, I think. Dan Campbell, Campbell, I, I, the last name's hard to say, uh, who was the assistant uh, head coach for the uh, New Orleans Saints for about five seasons. And that was some successful five season. And if you watched his, uh, what is it called, a press conference, his head coaching press conference, he looks good for a head coach. He looks and talks like a head coach in the NFL. And the New Orleans Saints have been a successful franchise. I mean, they've won four straight uh, NFC South titles. Before those four straight NFC South titles, of course, the Atlanta Falcons won. And that was the year they did make the Super Bowl and did blow a massive lead. So four straight years, the uh, New Orleans Saints have won the NFC South title. And he's been a part of that. So he's he looks like a head coach. He, he looks like he can really turn this franchise around. Now, once again getting your hopes up for the Detroit Lions fans. They should not have their hopes up. But this has this trade, this Matthew Stafford, Stafford and Jared Goff trade, is the best thing to happen to the Detroit Lions franchise since Barry Sanders. The Detroit Lions have been in a rebuild since as long as I can remember. And honestly, this is the best position they are put to rebuild. With all of these future draft picks, now of course 2021, they don't have all the draft picks in the world. They do have their seventh overall pick, but once again, getting even just getting that third round draft pick, like this is huge for the Detroit Lions. With the amount of needs they have coming off of a five and eleven season, they are put in a spot to succeed. The Detroit Lions, this could not have went more in their favor than it did. Let's take a look at this trade real quick. Okay, so just all for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was traded to the LA Rams. The LA Rams did give up Jared Goff. Their 2022 first round pick, 2023 first round pick, and their 2021 third round pick. Now, the reason why um, they didn't get a first round, the Detroit Lions did not get a first round draft pick this last, this next draft, this year's draft, was because, of course, the Jalen Ramsey trade, where Jalen Ramsey was traded to the LA Rams and they gave up two first round draft picks. So they don't have a first round draft pick in this year's draft. And the Rams, I had to Google this, the Rams haven't had a first round draft pick since 2016. Or, well, they have. They haven't drafted a player in the first round since 2016. And the Rams don't have one this year or the next two years. That means the Rams 
are going eight seasons or eight drafts where they're not picking in the first round. Their last first round draft pick was when they picked Jared Goff to first overall. The value of a first round draft pick is massive and they haven't picked an, they're not going to pick in eight uh, drafts. In just to put that into perspective, I, I don't know what the Rams are thinking. Just to put that into perspective, imagine the Vikings. We don't have any of our first round draft picks from the last eight uh, drafts. And the more I think about it, the, the less that actually matters. I mean, the Vikings haven't had a good history, at least of the last decade of first round draft picks. Of course, this last uh, draft, we of course had Justin Jefferson and that was probably our best draft pick. Before that, who would it be? Like Anthony Barr in 2014? Or what? Uh, I guess you could put Xavier Rhodes in 2013. I think that was eight drafts ago since it's 2013. I don't know where the Vikings... <laughs> the more I think about it, the less eight first-round draft picks or eight draft picks in the first round is actually an impact on the team. I mean, we've had a lot of bad draft picks. We've had Laquan Treadwell, Mike Hughes. Of course, Mike Hughes, of course, injuries ruined it. Trey Waynes. Now, I guess that wasn't a terrible draft pick, but once again, it was Trey Waynes. Uh, Garrett Bradbury d doesn't look like first-round talent. And last year, of course, Jeff Gladney. But we Jeff Gladney only has played one season in the NFL. He has a long time to go in the NFL. So the more I think about it, the less it actually... And then Cordero Patterson, too. The more I think about it, the less it actually is that bad but once again eight first round draft picks how do you expect to rebuild your team i mean are the rams in a rebuild no of course they traded for matthew stafford they gave away all of their future for matthew stafford which didn't make a whole lot of sense considering of course they have a lot of pieces on defense with jalen ramsey with aaron donald who are who that might be the two best defensive players in the nfl right there um well, the best pass rusher and then the best cornerback uh, in the NFL right there. But once again, they still need pieces on defense and their offense is not complete. They're bringing in Matthew Stafford acting like they have a complete offense. Now, of course, they have Cam Akers, who's going into his second season and had a very good rookie season for a, I think he was a second, third round draft pick. And then, of course, they have Cooper Cup. They have Robert Woods. Outside of that, they have this new Reynolds guy. I mean, Tyler Higby at, at tight end, like they need more playmakers on offense and their offensive line isn't the best in the NFL either. They're bringing in Matthew Stafford acting like giving up all of this, acting like he's the only guy they need to make a Super Bowl. They are playing in the toughest division in the NFL and they're acting like Matthew Stafford is the last piece they need to get to the Super Bowl. I just don't understand the trade for the Rams at all. I don't understand having to give up this much for Matthew Stafford, an injury-prone player. I thought they would just give up possibly Jared Goff in a first-round draft pick. I felt like that would be even trade for both sides. Instead, they gave up an extra first-round draft pick and a third-round draft pick. I just don't see how it got to this point for the LA Rams, considering... The Lions wanted to trade away Matthew Stafford. The Lions announced that they are trading away Matthew Stafford. And when you announce that you're trading away a player like that, who doesn't completely say that he wants to be traded, Deshaun Watson, it's a whole different story. When you announce that you're uh, trading away a player like that, you don't have a whole lot of leverage in the trade. So I don't see where they got to the point where they're giving up two first-round draft picks, Jared Goff and a third-round draft pick. I just don't see how it got to this point. But we're going to take a look because... The Vikings, we might be scared of the Lions in the future. It takes about three seasons to rebuild a franchise. Now, the Lions have been in rebuild for about 20 seasons so far. So, of course, it's a whole different story. But once again, they're bringing in a new head coach. They're bringing in a new quarterback. Now, Jared Goff, he's going to be a transitional guy. 
Jared Goff might be the most overpaid player in the NFL. I think he is the fifth highest paid player, and he is nowhere near the fifth best player in the NFL. So I don't understand him being the fifth highest payer, play, uh, paid player. It doesn't make sense considering they had a fifth-year option too. I think they gave him a contract extension. I don't understand it a whole lot, but once again, he is a very high-paid player, and he's not going to be the future for the franchise. But you look at this. The Lions do, after coming off of a 5-11 and season, they are in a good spot to rebuild. They have the seventh overall draft pick and multiple first uh, future first-round draft picks after this Rams trade. They have the seventh overall draft pick, and they are sitting very pretty at seven to draft a quarterback. Now, of course, Trevor Lawrence is undoubtedly going number one. Outside of that, they... At number seven, there is multiple quarterbacks that they can pick because there's about four quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round and should all go in the top 10. That typically how it works is all the go all the good quarterbacks in every draft go top 10. But once again, after Trevor Lawrence goes number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars, possibly Justin Fields can be taken at seven, maybe Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. Those are the four quarterbacks that are expected to go round one. If the Lions get any of these guys, they can have them sit behind Jared, Gro Jared Goff, who is technically... A veteran, I mean, Jared Goffey is only 25 years old and has a long career ahead of him. I mean, are the Lions going to stick with Jared Goff? Because he is only 25 years old. And for a quarterback, that's very young. Of course, he can play another 10 years in the NFL, but he is a very high-paid player, and I don't expect the Lions to continue to pay through throughout his entire four-year contract as it is very high-paid. But once again, for about two years, he is a potential out in 2023, Jared Goff. And if they could bring in a quarterback and have him sit behind Jared Goff for one or two seasons, this could be huge for the Detroit Lions. And with four upcoming first-round draft picks in the next two drafts, Lions might be a huge threat in the NFC in a few years. And when you look at it, you look at what the Bears are doing, you look at what the Packers are doing, and you look at what the, uh, the Vikings are doing. Right now, in a few years, all three of those teams might not have their starting quarterback right now. Vikings might have moved on by Kirk Cousins in a few years. Packers will have probably have moved on from Aaron Rodgers and transitioned into uh, Jordan Love. I would expect that by the end of Jordan Love's rookie contract, they would have uh, transitioned into him. And then you also have the Bears, who have no idea what they're doing at quarterback at this point. We just have to hope that they're not going to trade for Watson. I'm happy the Detroit Lions did not make a trade for Watson. I don't want Watson in our, uh, in our division, unless if he's in Vikings uniform, of course. But once again, with all the needs the Lions have, and with all the draft picks the Lions have, this should be an easy rebuild for them. They could not have been put in a better spot. This is the best thing to have happened to them since Barry Sanders. The Lions are in position to take control of the NFC North in a few seasons. Now, is it going to happen once again? I guess you can raise up the question. Well, the Detroit Lions are the most unsuccessful franchise. They are cursed. They've never been to a Super Bowl. One of the three teams that have never been to a Super Bowl. And once again, knowing the Detroit Lions, they will probably mess this up. Jared Goff will probably suffer with an injury and they'll probably miss on all their draft picks. But again, when you look at it, the Lions... They look scary in a few seasons if they can hit on these draft picks. They don't even have to hit on all five of them. They just need a good quarterback. Because the Lions right now, they have a pretty young and improving offense. And their defense their defense was ranked 32nd uh, against total uh, yards allowed and 32nd against points allowed, which is the two biggest stats on defense. I mean, you can't allow yards and points, and that's how you lose games. But again, they did suffer with injuries on defense. We couldn't really see Trey Flowers. He was injured for most of the season. Of course, True Fans was injured for most of the season as well. And their third overall draft pick, Jeff Okuda, 
was injured for most of the season. So they had three core uh, players that were injured basically the entire season. Outside of that, Aquara, Julian Aquara, and they had another Aquara who was out there. These guys were the only guys who looked like they could really play football on their defense. But on their offense, they have young guys that can really improve. They have Kenny Galladay and TJ Hawkinson, who had a great season. TJ Hawkinson is looking like one of the best tight ends in the league. It's not because he's an amazing tight end. It's mostly because there's not very many great tight ends out there. And then DeAndre Swift, who running backs make immediate impact in the NFL. So these are three core guys on offense that Jared Goff is going to have to work with, and the Lions should not be able to really compete in 2021. I wouldn't expect it. But really, if this head coach Dan Compel works, if they hit on these draft picks, if they can get a quarterback at number seven who can sit behind Jared Goff for one season, the Lions will be a serious threat. They will. They, Dan Capel can turn this team around. And it's scary. I think Vikings fans should be worried. Now, once again, a rebuild takes three seasons, so I wouldn't expect it to be anytime soon. I'm not saying the Vikings should worry in 2021. As Jared Goff, I don't think he can carry this team, especially looking at how bad this defense was in 2020 and how bad their track record is on defense. And then on offense, again, they don't have very good they don't have very many offensive playmakers. And a lot of their wide receivers are young. They do need to uh, draft more wide receivers. With Danny Amendola, he's playing into his 30s. With uh, Marvin Jones, he's going to be a, into his 30s. And who else do they have? Oh, they have Mohamed Sanu they signed. He's going to play into his 30s. These guys are all old outside of Kenny Galladay, who is a great wide receiver. And honestly, might not even be with the Lions anymore. He might hit the free agent market and be taken by another team. I think it's best for him that he does stay with the Detroit Lions. And I think the Lions will do the most they can keep on to Kenny Galladay. But they're going to be a threat in the North. And should we be worried? Again, it is the Detroit Lions, so maybe not knowing them, they're going to screw this whole thing up. But with all these draft picks they have, they cannot be put in a better spot to succeed. And looking at this, te looking at the rest of the NFC North, in a few years, they might not even have their same quarterbacks. They might be in the rebuilding modes. You look at what the Bills did. Bills brought in Josh Allen, traded for Stephon Diggs. They went from bottom, not only in their division, but in the NFL. They went from the bottom three teams in the NFL to in control of their division and making an NFC, uh, AFC conference matchup and were the second best team in 2020 behind the Kansas City Chiefs, who they lost to, of course, in the AFC Championship. The Bills made some huge moves, and they hit on Josh Allen. They made some big moves, and it brought them that far. The Lions might do the same thing, as po as possibly the Packers might fall apart once they, get once they move on from Aaron Rodgers. Vikings might even move on from Kirk Cousins, and possibly uh, Mike Zimmer as well, of course. If they move on from Kirk, they're going to move on from Mike Zimmer. And then the Bears, we don't know what's going to happen with the Bears. Their offense just does not look good. And Nick Foles is looking like he shouldn't even be their starting quarterback right now. So this is the best chance the Lions have at making a Super Bowl since Barry Sanders. And it is, I think the Vikings should be worried in a few seasons. I think they should because Lions are going to build their team to stop the Vikings. They're going to build their team and use these draft picks to stop the Packers. Or did I say Lions? To stop the Vikings. This is going to be scary for the Vikings, but honestly, it's the Lions. I mean, it's the Lions. I don't expect a whole lot from them. Let me know what y'all think. After a 7-9 season in 2020, the Vikings, we learned a lot, of a lot of things from this Viking season. Now, starting at number one, we learned our offensive guards are worse than we thought. I mean, going into this season, we knew how bad Pell Elfline was. Pat Elfline started one game, and we saw in Drew Samia, and Vikings fans, we were excited about Drew Samia. We expected Drew Samia to be our savior. Well, Drew Samia in week two, starting week two, was his first start in the NFL, and he had to go against DeForest Buckner. And 
honestly, it could not have went worse than it did. I mean, of course, he's going against DeForest Buckner. It's his first start in the NFL. You wouldn't expect a whole lot. So you give Drew Samia another chance. You give him another chance, and you give him another chance. Well, Drew Samia had possibly the worst season we could have, any of us could have expected. He was a fourth-round draft pick in 2019, and once again, Vikings just miss on every draft pick, it feels like. Not to mention... Dakota Dozier, now he wasn't drafted by the Vikings, he was drafted by the Jets, but once again, they brought Dakota Dozier back, and he could not have looked worse than he did. These Vikings offensive guards are the worst in the NFL. No, no Vikings offensive guard we saw look like they should be in the NFL, outside of Brett Jones. Brett Jones, a big love for, massive love for Brett Jones here. I mean, he is the only player, and nobody's talking about him, he's the only player who played at guard who didn't look completely awful. Even Ezra Cleveland looked bad at offensive guard, and he was a rookie second-round draft pick. Now, once again, he was only a second-round... I mean, he was only a rookie, so he should be able to improve this offseason and look better next year. I'm very hopeful for Ezra Cleveland. Of course, we saw big improvement from Garrett Bradbury, and I would, I would expect to see improvement from Ezra Cleveland, as he probably won't be a left guard or right guard next year. He'll likely be a left guard or left tackle. So I expect to see big improvement from Ezra Cleveland, but once again... These offensive guards are worse than we thought. Drew Samia had an awful 33.7 PFF grade in just four starts in the NFL. It could not have went worse for him. And then he was, of course, replaced by Ezra Cleveland week six against the Atlanta Falcons, where Drew Samia apparently was injured. Now, was he injured? I don't know. It's mostly injuries are Mike Zimmer's way of transitioning to a new uh, guard or new offensive lineman. And we did see Ezra Cleveland come out there, did not look great against the Atlanta Falcons and the rest of the season didn't look great, but he looked better than Dakota Dozier and Drew Samia. So there's that right there. And then meanwhile, at left guard, of course, Dakota Dozier, 44.6 PFF grade and played all 16 games. So Offensive guard undoubtedly is the biggest need and should be the primary focus this offseason. And they should focus in free agency. I I don't want to see a guard drafted in the first round just because of how the Vikings track record of drafting offensive linemen in the first round or in the, in the first in anywhere in the draft, really, the Vikings track record of drafting offensive linemen. I don't want to see that happen. I would rather see possibly a three tech drafted. Maybe a safety. Of course, drafting a safety 14th overall, you want to trade down. You don't want to take a safety 14th overall, unless if there's a prospect like Jamal Adams out there, which there isn't, so I wouldn't expect that to really happen. I would like to see the Vikings trade down if they're expecting to take a safety with their first pick. But taking a three-tech at 14th would be great. There's the um, camera's name guy out of Alabama. Anyways, number two, Eric Wilson is elite. Now, we saw Anthony Barr play one game in the 2020 season. That was, of course, week one against the Green Bay Packers, where after that, he did suffer with the injury and was placed on IR for the remainder of the season, where Eric Wilson did step in as our strong side linebacker, our outside linebacker, and he looked phenomenal. And Eric Wilson is elite. He is the future. We need to give Eric Wilson another contract. He is an unrestricted free agent this offseason and was our 2017 undrafted free agent from Cincinnati. And after replacing Anthony Barr, I would expect him to be our starting linebacker, our starting outside linebacker in 2021. Now that raises the question, what do the Vikings do with Anthony Barr? Because of course, Anthony Barr is our clear starting outside linebacker because of he's his contract says so his contract we pay him like an outside linebacker we pay him like a pass rusher so what do the vikings do with anthony barr i would expect that they would trade away anthony barr as anthony barr isn't 
old. He, I think he is only 28. Now, Eric Wilson, I'm pretty sure he's only like 27. So they're about the same age once again. But the Vikings, if they can find a landing spot for Anthony Barr, that would very well help the team because we could bring back Eric Wilson, who led the team with 122 total tackles in 2020 with three interception, one forced fumble, two fumble return, three sacks, and eight pass deflections. Eric Wilson and Harris Smith were the two defensive players that we had in 2020. The rest of our okay, Eric Hendricks too. Okay, EK, you gotta you gotta give respect to him. Of course, he was injured the last five weeks of the season, but when he was out there, he made huge impact. You remember the Bears game and the and the Saints game where we did not have Eric Hendricks? They allowed way too many yards on the ground by David Montgomery and Alvin Kamara. If Eric Hendricks was out there, that might have changed the Viking season. If Eric Hendricks never got injured, the Vikings might have made the playoffs. Because we know for a fact. David Montgomery would not have rushed for over 100 yards against the Minnesota Vikings if Eric Hendricks was healthy. And Alvin Kamara, he probably would have rushed for over 100 yards. But once again, he would not have five touchdowns or what was it? Six rushing touchdowns against the Vikings if we had Eric Hendricks out there who always stops those big runs. So Eric Hendricks, possibly the best inside linebacker in the NFL in both coverage and stopping the run. So if Eric Hendricks was healthy, it would be a completely different story. But once again, when he was not out there, Harrison Smith and Eric Wilson were the glue that held this Vikings defense together and it was not very good considering they're just a uh, safety and an outside linebacker so they can't make massive impact as other positions would like a lockdown cornerback but once again I would expect Eric Wilson to get a new contract as Anthony Barr is expected to make 12.4 million in 2021 which is insane considering his talent I mean he's He's not the best linebacker, but once again, Vikings can cut him. He is a potential out this offseason in 2021, so Vikings could cut him, but I would expect before that they do try to find a landing spot for or a trading spot for Anthony Barr. So if the Vikings can move on from Anthony Barr and transition into Eric Wilson, this would be huge considering they would get all that money back and can invest that money into an offensive guard like Brandon Sheriff, like Joe Thune, and that would be huge for the Minnesota Vikings. Number three, our wide receiver group is still elite. Gosh, can we just appreciate the all-white? I, Okay, this is an unpopular opinion. I love the Vikings all-white uniforms more than primetime purple. But primetime purple is so good, too, where they have, like, I love the gold numbers. But the all-white just looks so clean. Oh, that's I love that. That was against the Chicago Bears when they wore all-white, where they won the game. But once again, our wide receiver group is still great. It is still a great... I don't remember the last time they wore all-white. Anyway, okay, sorry. Our wide receiver group is still great. After trading Stephon Diggs in 2019, or no, in 2020, the Minnesota Vikings had a huge question mark at wide receiver. Before the Vikings even traded away Stephon Diggs, there was a big need at wide receiver. We needed new wide receivers, a potential wide receiver for, because we didn't know what Chad Beebe was going to look like. We didn't even know if Irv Smith was going to be good, or Tyler Conklin, or if BC Johnson was as good as we thought, which... This last 2020 season wasn't great, but once again, we had a huge need at uh, wide receiver. Putting all of that aside, trading away Stephon Diggs, we needed new wide receivers, which they took care of. The 22nd pick, the Minnesota Vikings, with the uh, Bills, it was the Bills' initial pick, but after trading Stephon Diggs, did acquire the 22nd pick, where they drafted Justin Jefferson out of LSU. Now, he was... He was more than just a replacement for Stephon Diggs, as I would rather have Justin Jefferson than Stephon Diggs. Now, of course, if you're putting them side by side, Stephon Diggs had a far better season than Justin Jefferson, as great of a season as Jefferson has had. Stephon Diggs just had a better season. But once again, I would rather have Justin Jefferson as he is cheaper. He's not much of a, oh, well, he might be. We, we haven't seen it yet, of course, Stephon Diggs. It took him a little bit to be more of like a, 
a brat where he wants all where he wants the ball all the time. Justin Jefferson is not there yet, but once again, he is cheaper, he is younger, and I would rather have Jefferson than Stephon Diggs at this moment. And then both Jefferson and Thielen just made an amazing wide receiver duo. And then of course you had the rising star Chad Beebe, who was inside the slot, played a lot of the snaps in the slot, and was our starting punt returner. And he or I guess when K.J. Osborne was active the first half of the season, he was not the starting punt returner. But by the end of the season, Chad Beebe was our starting punt returner. And both of them looked great. Justin Jefferson stepping out as a wide receiver two, and then uh, Chad Beebe stepping in as a slot wide receiver three. And then B.C. Johnson still, he's a pretty good backup outside wide receiver. If Thielen or Jefferson gets injured, you will see how good B.C. Johnson can be. Irv and Conklin are our future. Our tight end group. Our, our tight end group in 2020, it showed how good it really is. Of course, we knew Kyle Rudolph was great. Now, Kyle Rudolph, he is on the steady decline. He is 30 going into his 30s. And although he is still one of the best tight ends in the NFL, now I would give him top 10. And that's not saying a whole lot. There isn't that many great tight ends out there. But I would still put him as a top 10 tight end when used properly. But he is an aging player and he does cost a lot more money than these players do. But it showed when he got injured that Irv Smith Jr. and Tyler Conklin they are our future. And the tight end duo between Irv Smith Jr. and Tyler Conklin looked better than Rudy and Irv Smith Jr. So let's take a look. So after Kyle Rudolph got injured week 12, we saw both of them step in and they looked phenomenal. And this is, you love to see it because they're both on the rookie deals and very young players. And if the Vikings can put them both on longer deals, now of course Tyler Conklin, they can give him a contract extension as he was a 2018 draft pick. And then Irv Smith Jr., second year player out of Alabama, who was a second round draft pick, does suffered with some drop passes. Now, outside of that, he's a great route runner, great blocker. He's what you want in a tight end outside of his drop passes. He can work on that still. But once again, he did have 30 receptions for 365 yards and five touchdowns with a 70 pff grade in 2020 phenomenal seasons for irv smith jr and he looks like our best player out of the 2019 draft class and then tyler conklin 19 receptions for 194 yards and a touchdown and he looks like our best player out of our 2018 draft class so both of these players look very good as tight end number one and two what that raises the question what are we going to do with kyle rudolph i would love to see the vikings trade kyle rudolph as he did decline a pay cut and i would love to see this happen but once again with he's an aging player on the decline i don't expect the vikings to get a whole lot but if the vikings can get anything out of that use that money just like i said again with the anthony Barr trade if they can use that money and just stash up on guards this would be huge for the vikings it would complete our offense as kyle rudolph isn't making a huge impact with the team he's a great blocker for dalvin cook i understand and he's a great pass catcher in the red zone but once again he's not making a huge impact on the team and it would be better for us to move that money to offensive guard where it would really impact this vikings offensive line as there was far too many pressured pressures allowed on the interior side of the line in 2020 so this would be huge for the minnesota vikings and at number five madison he isn't as ready as we thought now, Alexander Madison is coming off of a great season, a great rookie season in 2019, where he was the best Vikings rookie in 2019. And running backs is that position where they make an immediate impact in the NFL. When you look at possibly cornerbacks or quarterbacks, cornerbacks and quarterbacks, it takes them a while to really make biggest impacts. They're not in their prime right away. Running backs, they come out and they look great. And Alexander Madison, he looks like a very good running back, a very good backup running back. He looks very good as a backup running back, but as a starting running back, he doesn't look good. Now, of course, Dalvin Cook, he is a top three running back in the NFL, no question. But with that being said, he is very injury prone. 
and you want your backup running back, you want Alexander Madison to look like a starting running back. Because when Dalvin Cook goes out with an injury, as he has yet to play an entire uh, 16 games in the NFL, when he goes out with an injury, you want to be comfortable with who is going to be starting in the backfield. And I'm not comfortable with Alexander Madison. And we saw this after the Vikings lost Alexander Madison in 2018. The Minnesota Vikings drafted Alexander Madison out of Boise State in the third round of the 2019 draft class. And this was to be uh, Latavius Murray's replacement. Now, Latavius Murray was a great backup running back because when Dalvin Cook did get injured, Latavius Murray stepped into that starting role and looked like a starting running back. I'm very happy for what Latavius Murray is doing with the New Orleans Saints. He had a great season, I think four touchdowns and a bunch of yards with the New with the New Orleans Saints, and has created a great running back duo with Alvin Kamara. But with that being said, in two games, because Alexander Madison started two games in 2020 where Dalvin Cook did miss an injury against the Atlanta Falcons and did uh, he wasn't there week 17 because his father passed away due to COVID. But in two starts, Alexander Madison, this was both against the Atlanta Falcons and the Detroit, uh, Detroit Lions, who are two of the worst defenses in the NFL. The Falcons are 29th against yards in yards allowed, and the Lions are dead last in yards allowed. So these are two of the worst defenses in the NFL. And Madison only had 121 rushing yards on 31 attempts and a touchdown. Now, 121 rushing yards on 31 attempts is not bad. I feel like that's averaging... Is that I think that's almost four yards a carry. That's not that bad. But once again, when you look at it, he is playing the Atlanta Falcons and Detroit Lions. This is not good performances by Alexander Madison, and he's not as ready as we thought. We see Alexander Madison as a, a backup running back and creates that one-two punch in the backfield. We see Alexander Madison as a, buck, a backup running back look very good. We see what he can do, but there is a big difference between playing a couple snaps every drive than playing the entire drive and getting... Uh, over 20 carries a game there is a big difference and we saw the second half of the Seattle game exactly what Madison can do and who we want to see Alexander Madison be as a backup running back because we will see Alexander Madison start another game in the NFL we will see it happen and it will probably be next season I don't want to I don't want to jinx anything but Dalvin Cook he will likely be injured again next season we will see Alexander Madison start, and he has to prove himself. We need to see the Alexander Madison we saw the second half of the Seattle game. Because if not, Vikings have to keep moving on. They have to keep looking for a good backup running back. They have to keep searching, keep drafting, throwing draft stock, throwing money for a good backup running back. Because when you have a uh, running back like Dalvin Cook, who does get injured every season, you need to be comfortable with who's going to be your backup. And if it's can't be Alexander Madison, just move on. Honestly, Mike Boone, I I love what I see from Mike Boone. I have been a huge Mike Boone fan since the 2019 preseason, and he's a very good running back three, and he might work his way into a running back two in the future. And finally, what we learned, Anthony Harris was likely a one-year wonder. This is not the first time this happened in the NFL, and it won't be the last. Where offenses figure out your defense, they figure out certain defensive guys. And this is exactly what we saw with Anthony Harris, who came off of a 2019 season where he had 60 total tackles, one fumble return, six interceptions, 11 pass deflections, and a touchdown. That touchdown was a pick six against uh, Russell Wilson, and he was the top-ranked safety by PFF in 2019. This happens is this happens a lot in the NFL, where they figure out defenses, specifically defensive backs like Anthony Harris or possibly an inside linebacker. They figure out exactly how to work their weaknesses. And this is what we saw with Anthony Harris, where he had a 
massive decline from 2019 to the 2020 season and we needed him a lot more in 2020 this was his second year starting where he started all 16 games and in that recorded 104 total tackles and only seven pass deflections scoring a 66.2 pff grade in 2020 and alex uh anthony harris he won't be here another season with the minnesota vikings as we will lose him to free agency and honestly i can't say i'm that disappointed because he will likely be a one-year wonder. Now, of course, it is too soon to say as he does. He is a pretty young guy and he has a lot of years ahead of him to prove himself. But once again, offenses figured out how to work his weaknesses. And Anthony Harris, you hate to see it, but he's looking like he will probably be a one-year wonder with the team as on just his second year starting, he is still in his prime. It's not like he's declining. He is still in his prime. This was his second year starting. He took a big decline and likely will be a one-year wonder. Whoever he's with, he will be a starting safety for the next few years. But as offenses have figured out Anthony Harris and how to work his uh, weaknesses, he is likely a one-year wonder. So those are the things we learned from the Viking season. This is everything we learned. And honestly, after such a bad season, there's a lot of hope. Like this wide receiver group and this tight end group gives us a lot of hope for our Vikings offense. In 2020, we got a glimpse of how this offense's future is going to look. When the Vikings move on from Kirk Cousins, now this is going to probably be in some years to come, we will likely still have Irv Smith Jr. and Tyler Conklin as our tight end duo and Justin Jefferson as our wide receiver one. So we saw the potential for our future for the Vikings. So there's a lot of hope for this Vikings team. But once again, on the defensive side of the ball, I didn't talk a whole lot about defense because did we learn a whole lot defensively from the Vikings? Now, the Vikings had the worst defensive season of the Mike Zimmer era the la last year, but did we learn a whole lot? I mean, with all these injuries that we suffered, can you, did you expect that the Vikings were going to look good on defense? With all these rookies starting at cornerback and all the injuries we had, was there a whole lot that surprised that surprised us? Was there a whole lot of shockers on defense? The only defensive things that we learned from the 2020 season, maybe I guess you can put in that Afadio Denebo doesn't look like a starting defensive end, but outside of that, Eric Wilson, he looks great. Anthony Harris looks like a one-year wonder. What is outside of that? I mean, Afadio Denebo not looking like a starting defensive, and we learned that too. Not a whole lot of things we learned defensively. You expected the Vikings to have a bad defense going into the 2020 season, so they didn't disappoint, I guess. But once again, this is the things that we learned from the Vikings 2020 season. Let me know if I'm missing anything. Let me know what you all think. That's going to wrap up episode 80 of Morning Kickoff. I hope you all did enjoy listening to this episode. If you did, be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening to the podcast for more Minnesota Vikings football-related content. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Morning Kickoff. Have a great day.